Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hello, Kool-Aids. Welcome to Barca Talk. I'm your host, Gabriel Quiroga, here in the Spanish capital. And in today's episode, we get ready for the Clásico as Roy Nemer from Mundo Alves Celeste joins me. But before we get into that conversation, a quick word from our sponsor, NordVPN. Are you tired of hackers and cyber criminals snooping around your online activities? Do you want to safely access your favorite shows and content from anywhere in the world? Then you need NordVPN, the best VPN on the market. And the good news is that there's an exclusive birthday deal just for you. Buy NordVPN now and win extra subscription time. With NordVPN, you can protect your online activity and keep your private information away from prying eyes. And if you're traveling abroad, don't worry. Connect to a NordVPN server in your home country and safely enjoy content as if you'd never left. So what are you waiting for? Visit nordvpn.com Barca now to get this special birthday deal. Shield your data from snoops and criminals with NordVPN's state-of-the-art encryption. Safely listen to podcasts, stream shows, or simply browse in complete privacy. Again, visit nordvpn.com Barca. The link is in the show notes. Get NordVPN now and enjoy a safe and private online experience. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, so we're getting ready for the Classico. Roy Nemer joins me from Mundo Alba Celeste. I've been practicing that. Roy, we have a lot of things to get into about the Classico, but but first we gotta we gotta we gotta talk Argentina really quick because how how great was that? It's it's still great. It's <laughs> absolutely still great. How great? What it's still for now, then, forever, and ever and ever for all of eternity. Uh, it was it was something. Uh, you know, I remember you and I. Last time we spoke about it, I told you, I told you Argentina have a good chance. And then there was a freak match. And then the final itself, I want to say shaved off like 98 years off my life or something. <laughs> I'm still alive. Uh, but <laughs> it, was, it was a good match. It was, it was some final. So let me ask you, where did you watch the final? Were you, are, you, are you the type of person that needs to watch the match by yourself because it's such an important match? Or did you watch it with friends and family and just kind of enjoy that moment? 
No, no, no. I'm very superstitious. I can't. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. Well, superstition aside, I don't enjoy watching matches with other people, depending gotcha. on yeah. is, I really don't. So this one, I was sitting down watching it, you know, all alone. I would get text messages. I would reply like halftime and then, you know, right before the penalty kicks. And that was it. I'm, I, I can't watch it with other people. It's too, like, I don't know. People always make comments and, oh, but why didn't you do this? Why didn't you do that? I'm yeah, like, yeah. Up, up. I don't want to yeah. do <laughs> Let me just uh, but no, I watched it alone. Uh, like I said, superstitious. So the same seat, same everything as I watched from the Mexico match forward. Uh, same thing, same everything. Yeah. yeah, I don't know if I, I don't know if you listen or I, I told you, but I was watching it on the airplane going back to the states, and I missed planned the World Cup final. Like I just totally forgot, you know. And I could have just gone the next day, right? I could have gone the next day. Like I had no. Sure, like I go back home a day earlier, great, but you know, I would have preferred to watch the World Cup here final with some of my uh friends from Argentina because I think that would have been epic. But I watched on the plane and it was live and was awesome because everyone was cheering for Argentina. And I think really what it comes down to is just I didn't, you know, it's one of those things that you know, I know there's a lot of messy fans, I see it, I hear it, whatever, but when you see it in that atmosphere where it was almost like a silent disco, you know, where everyone had the headphones and everyone's cheering at the same time. And everyone was just cheering when Argentina scored. So, and most people weren't from Argentina. So, you know, it is that thing of Messi kind of connecting uh, fans, you know, for this moment. And obviously it was an epic final. Yeah. Even if you talk to neutrals, right. People that don't care about Messi or don't care about France or Argentina, most, if not all, will tell you this was probably the best world cup final, at least in recent memory, right. At least, in the past 30, 40, 50 years or so, um, nothing came close. The drama, you had the two best players in the world, Mbappe, you have Messi. It's, you know, it's cliche at this point, but is it really the last dance? Is this it? Is he going to win it? Or is Mbappe just going to shatter the dreams and, you know, go on to become, the, you know, to, to grow his legendary status as a player? And then all the drama from 2-0 to 2-2 to 3-2 yeah, to 3-3, yeah. it's nuts. Um no, I, t- to me, to me, it's the greatest final just because yeah. of all the roller coaster of emotions that happen. And then on top of that, the clinical penalty kick taking of Argentina five for five. I mean, that that is like to do that twice in the tournament is unheard of, you know, and man, like and I love that Messi went first. I love that idea of, you know, the best players going first. I think that's a that's a tweak that national teams are going to go for. Well, I mean. I know you were on cloud nine and obviously we, I brought you on to talk classical, but I just, you know, I wanted to just kind of get a quick catch up on that because I know, you know, we were talking during the world cup and we were talking about, you know, Croatia and other teams. I think what was the team we had uh, pinned as like one of the, I, I can't remember right now at the top of my head, but we were like, yeah, it's going to be this I, team. And I think I had Argentina, Brazil in the semifinals. Yeah. I think I had Argentina, Brazil. And then when Croatia won, I was like, okay, so pretty confident Argentina is going to make the final now, but yeah, yeah. I'll keep this to myself. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it was a great tournament. You know, I wish, you know, it's still my favorite sporting event, but I just wish it gets uh, moved to the summertime because the wintertime was so weird. It was so weird uh, it, in this break. It, it was different for sure. It was absolutely different. Uh, but you know what? I didn't mind it too much. I really didn't, uh, just because maybe it's summertime, people tend to have more plans. You want to go out, you want to do this, you want to do that. And because of the time difference, it's difficult at times. Like, well, I can't do this because there's a match and I want to watch. So winter for me, 
result aside, which I absolutely adored, obviously, but winter for me wasn't wasn't bad. I wouldn't be against it happening again, but obviously, you know, a more traditional World Cup is what we're yeah. used to. I just miss being out, you know, yeah. uh, you know, especially like here in, in Spain where the games are shown in the bar. It just kind of has a different atmosphere as opposed to the wintertime. In the wintertime, no one really goes out as much. So, all right, let's let's talk. We got Classico this weekend. And before we get into some of the, you know, the matchups and some of the things you're going to be looking at, we had a topic in our Patreon community. And I've seen this in other on tweets and stuff about how lucky Madrid was to get Chelsea in this Champions League and I'm I'm really don't like this spin because Real Madrid continue to prevail in Champions League which most teams can't right and there's something to their DNA that they're able to do that you can call it luck but you know luck to me is okay maybe one or two matches but when you're talking about a 10-year span it goes past luck so what is your feeling about this idea that Kules are griping about the draw and how lucky Madrid is to get Chelsea, for example, and that kind of point of view that Kules are positioning themselves as saying, oh, look, you know, to try to diminish, you know, what Real Madrid is doing in the Champions League, essentially. Yeah, I, look, honestly speaking, I don't like it. Um, credit to Madrid. I dislike Madrid as much as anyone else. Trust me. Trust me when I say that. But you got to give the devil their due. Yeah, yeah, you absolutely have to in this case. Uh, people want to say they were lucky to get Chelsea. With all due respect, all the respect in, in the entire world, we got Manchester United and blew it. Right? You're going to tell me if we would have gotten Chelsea, we, we would have won or something. And it could have been easier on paper for Madrid, right? You look at maybe an AC Milan or a Benfica or, or whoever, but it could have been maybe more difficult, right, with a Bayern or Manchester City. But you're, you know, something I always say: you play against whoever you're you're put up against. Right, they got put against Chelsea. Chelsea right now are in a decent run of form. They've finally, you know, been able to, to win a couple of matches, string them in a string some matches in a row now, some wins. So who knows? Who, who knows, man? One injury, one yellow card, one this, one that, and, and everything changes. Um, and again, credit to them; they know how to win. If if you look at what they did last year, just to get exactly. to the final, just against City alone, forget yeah, what they yeah. did against Chelsea. It's it's impressive. It's impressive, unfortunately. Yeah, I think it's kind of this idea that we're just, we're so jaded, you know. And it's like uh, we we couldn't even get through Europa League, you know. How are we going to be? <laughs> how are we going to be calling this lucky like this? And again, I just can't get a read with Madrid because you know we've seen the inconsistency that they do in league, and obviously with Barcelona's success recently against Madrid. So you're kind of like okay. And then you see how Madrid manhandled Liverpool. I mean, they made them look, they made Liverpool look like an amateur team, essentially. And I, I'm, I'm really confused about how Madrid just turn it up. I mean, as I said, I mean, it's very impressive because, you know, I always put La Liga just a little bit more important, but both are important, right? Champions League and La Liga, especially around the world and in Europe. I don't know. I just, uh, I, I, you know. It's crazy because they're one of the only teams left from La Liga in this in this tournament, which is crazy. The other thing really crazy, Roy, is you know how much money Chelsea has spent this year on players? I know how much they spent on a player, yeah. Fernando <laughs> 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 Fernandez. But they've they spent what? I think like three hundred or two hundred and something, three hundred way more, five more, four hundred, five hundred more. Four four hundred and some or so? Six hundred, man. Jesus. Yeah. yeah. I mean 
it's crazy no that's a lot of money it is a lot of money (laughs) (laughs) we could we could certainly use some of them yeah but uh, can you imagine that that type of money in transfer windows of both the summer and the winter and basically missing i mean really yeah i mean they haven't really hit on anything yet per se you know no all right yeah so let's let's go into sunday's match How, how are you feeling do you feel does it feel less important or is it just it's still important. It's just different players, and it still has that importance because La Liga is basically on the line here. No, it's still very important. Very, We're talking about, what, a nine-point difference, I think, going on right now? And a shift in momentum, you never know what happens. If Madrid somehow gets the win, it's now six points. That's two games. Uh, granted, we're out of the Europa League and all that stuff, but it's it could still be that shift in momentum. And we've seen ourselves, right, capitulate at certain times in the season. Oh, when Xavi put out that lineup against United in the first leg, thinking, well, he's saving the players for Cadiz, what's going to happen there? And we ended up losing that one. So even us, sometimes it's difficult to tell. For this one, it's very important because if you win this, now you're really creating the gap, right? Then it's, okay, we're talking about double digits here. It's not yeah. just nine points. Um, and then it's, that's our main, main focus, Copa del Rey uh, aside. It's different players for sure. So who knows kind of what we're what we're going to get I'm hoping we get a good performance. A lot of the players have to show up. They they have to step up. It's it's absolutely a must. And uh, no, this is a must win for us. This is I'm not going to say the season's on the line. No, you know that might be a bit of a dra- a bit of an exaggeration, but uh, it's definitely a must win. Yeah, I mean, if they lose, all of a sudden the sphincters get a little tighter, right? A little tighter on that. So, yeah, great transition on this. So, who for you needs to step up? that maybe hasn't been stepping up as of late or maybe needs a moment in this match to really propel Barcelona to get those three points? It's got to be, I mean, you always look at your target man, right? It's got to be Lewandowski. Um, He started the season just on fire, the amount of goals he was scoring. And now since, I'll say this, since Argentina have won the World Cup, since he faced Argentina, (laughs) his goals have dried up, right? Yeah, yeah. It's only two goals, two goals, yeah. Two goals since since the the restart, and he has to. And this is a big statement. I, I can't remember the last time he scored a big big goal. You know, in a big game like this, uh, he needs it. If you get him, who's your leader up front, uh, the most experienced, you look to him to get the goals. If he's able to get one, and that could really play onto the team's momentum and and their you know their mental strength of okay, our our leader up front, the veteran. Got us the goal. Let's keep going. He's on fire. Let's keep uh, keep giving him the ball. Send him the crosses. Do the one twos. Do what you got to do. Um, it might be cliche to always look at your number nine. You know your main target man. But in this case, I think you have to. I mean, considering you know we've won four or five, and I basically would say that we've been playing with a flat tire in attack. You know, mm-hmm. with the lack of goals, and to be able to still get those points that we have. I would I would definitely agree with you because I think it's Lewandowski's time to shine. There, you know, one of the reasons he wanted to come to Barcelona was to play in this big match, right? And I just saw an interview today where he was talking about how he's so happy in Barcelona. He wanted to come here because he had faith in the project and so forth. But like you said, since the World Cup, uh, he's looked a little ragged to me, a little bit just you know uh, tired a little bit. And the other thing I've noticed, I don't know if you've seen this as much in the last couple matches too, is that his willingness to come up to the midfield to get the ball. And I think that is a no-no. I don't – yeah, you were shaking your head. See, this is why, you know, I I feel like we're like, you know, right here connected. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) The thing is, you know, 
I think maybe five years ago, okay, you do that, right? Because he can get back there quick. But I think a lot of times what's happening is like when the ball gets released to Rafinha, for example, and he starts to go up, he has no one in the middle to help him and protect her. You've seen the same thing. Yeah. Yeah. And he's what? He's 34 now? Yeah. So yeah. it's nice to see him want to do that. But at the same time, it's, it's counterproductive. Right? Yeah. Because like you said, whether it's Rafinha, Ferran Torres, Ansu Fati, whoever it is that's playing up front, you get to the front. Okay, let's say Rafinha beats his man. Well, he looks in the, in the, in the area, in the penalty area. There's no one. Lewandowski is not there yet. He's still jogging forward. Uh, so that that is an issue. Hopefully it's something, you know, you saw it, I saw it. Hopefully something Xavi sees and, and kind of instructs him to, look, stay up front, try and get the best out of Rudiger or, or uh, Militao, see what you could do, uh, because we're going to need it, you know. Uh, we have some good some good wingers they obviously have some good wingers and we got we got to make the best of our opportunities yeah the other thing too is you know as i call it the center back pocket you know i think lewandowski is a master of that of being able to manipulate that area and i just think that you know we have to go back to basics with him for that you know i think like you said it is nice that he wants to be involved in the play but i feel a lot of times since we are countering He's coming all the way back to midfield and then, like you said, trying to recoup. And Ravina is already up there waiting, yeah. you know, essentially. And it kind of just drags the attack. Now, there's been a lot of talk about the matchup, obviously, of Arahu and Vinicius. Obviously, Arahu has been stellar in the Clasico against Vinicius. But now, you know, with we've seen, you know, a bunch of times this uh, this matchup. What is the counter to this counter? Does Madrid maybe move Vinicius up to the center maybe? Or do they just try their luck and say, yeah, it was two matches, but Vinicius will break through? Well, that's an interesting one. Um, I wouldn't play him on the wing against Araujo. I certainly wouldn't. Uh, the Uruguayan knows knows how to get the best out of him. Whatever, for whatever reason it may be, whenever Vinicius comes up against a South American defender, be it Araujo or, or Foyt, for example, at Villarreal, they know how to shut him down. Maybe it's the physicality. Maybe it's... You know, they're familiar with each other because of the South American game. Uh, but then again, you look at Vinicius and you say he's having a pretty good season, right? Personally speaking, on a personal level, he's doing very, very well. So do you risk it? What I would maybe do if I were, you know, Ancelotti, which in a way, thank God I'm not, uh, I would start him on the wing. I'd start him against Araujo, see how it goes the first two attacks. If that doesn't work, put him down the middle. Put him down the middle, change it up, and and try something because he's been he hasn't been a threat at all in the past two games against us, which is a good thing. And then you know credit to to Araujo and what he's done. I mean Araujo is just I just man I just I I can watch him defend for days. Yeah. I he does so many like just the fundamentals make look so easy, right? The thing I think is, you know, he has the the stride length to keep up with Vinicius, obviously. So Vinicius just can't outrun him like he does with everyone else. But also, like, I think there is something to that, that physicality, that South American. Maybe he's just not intimidated because he's seen it for so long, you know, mm -hmm. and been just in the South American qualifiers and so forth. So not really that bothered. Now, let's say with the midfield, uh, you know, especially we just got news today that Pedri most likely is not going to be ready for the Classico. Obviously, we've been missing him. Do we see a Sergio Roberto in the midfield? Uh, hi. <laughs> hey, man, I'm just, you know, I'm just putting out what's out there, right? Yeah. I mean, we obviously, we obviously <laughs> know that it's going to be Gabi, Frankie de Young, and Busquets. But, Busquets, yeah. you know, I just don't know if maybe, you know, especially with the lack of form of Ferran Torres and Ansu Fati, maybe uh, Chavi goes with another midfielder to protect and to have more possession in there i don't know i'm just thinking out loud here what do you think yeah 
I mean, look, it's it's not a bad idea. Obviously, the lack of form up front is worrying, and it, that could play into it. Um, if that's the case, I would prefer someone maybe like Kessier, uh, just to add that physicality as well. <clears throat> Pardon me. Just to add that physicality. Um, he's pretty good on the ball, and he does get forward often, right? He sometimes misses some opportunities, but I, I think he's not a bad option to have, uh, and I would certainly prefer him over, <laughs> over Sergio Roberto. Um, and... It, it all depends. I think we're going to get the midfield three that you said. The loss of Pedri is going to be massive, uh, especially when you consider how well he's done against Madrid this season. Um, but uh, anyone but but Sergio Roberto at this point, I, I think we'll, <laughs> we'll be better off. You know, it's funny because uh, on Wednesday's episode, I was just talking about some of our favorite Classicos. And I was talking about my first Classico. The only Classico I went to was 2016. And I didn't really remember it that much because when I was at the stadium, it was so tense and I just can't like it. You know, I was just watching Madrid win 2-1. And but before I recorded, I watched the highlights and I was I couldn't believe I was at this match because this is the height of like MSN. We got Bale, Benzema, Young Modric. I mean, you got I mean, everyone. Right. And I couldn't believe the speed. Even Sergio Roberto was fast in this match. And I was just like, wait, what? what's going on here? You know, <laughs> and obviously we're talking seven years now, you know, six yeah. years difference. It obviously adds that. But I, I think you have a good point there with Frank Kessie. I mean, you know, he has definitely improved. He's found his rhythm in the midfield. I think now if you ask, if you were to pull 10 Kool-Aids, I think they would feel pretty confident with his ability in the midfield. I think at first, you know, he was he looked a little iffy. But like you said, the physicality that he brings, I think, is sometimes needed, especially yeah. to close out the matches. So it'll be interesting to see the dynamic. And I, you know, we know that Chavi loves the four-three-three system to spread out, spread out all this stuff. But you know, especially since we have lack of goal scoring, I think you know, if I were to go into this match at first, maybe maybe I would use two forwards as opposed to try to spread them. You know, and maybe have four midfields to protect. Because again, I'm just looking to my, you know, I look at the at this situation as almost like, what's worst case scenario? We lose, right? We lose three right. points, right? What is a decent performance? One point. If we can get one point, I'm I'm okay with that. And obviously, even better if we get three. What is the, you know, with the play available? How am I going to get there, right? How am I going to get right. there? Maybe flooding the midfield. I don't know. Just with the players, and this is going to lead me to my next question. How are you feeling about Ansu Fati? Because there's been a lot of fodder right now. I've seen it online and so forth about giving up on him and what is going on with him. How are you feeling about Ansu Fati lately? Well, it's... Look, I I feel sorry for the kid. Uh, Extremely talented. The injuries, never, never easy, especially at such a young age. But I think if we're going to be fair, and I might sound like a Dembele hater type of thing, but the amount of chances and the amount of, of patience that we've given to someone like Dembele, I think should be given to Ansu Fati. Um, just because, and he, he's still younger, right? And and, and to be fair, um, it's tough. I know there's been talks about potentially selling him and him being transferred and, and leaving the club. Um, it's all a matter of injuries. You know, if he could stay fit, if he could stay healthy, it's there. I think it's just a confidence issue at this point. And it's, it's difficult, man. It's tough. You know, we've seen players... I mean, I mentioned Dembele. When he first joined the club, he was healthy, and then every five games or something, he'd get injured. And then he'd play a game, play very well, play badly for three, four games, get injured. Um, and he came with a he came with a price tag. He certainly came with a price tag. Antufati has that number ten shirt. The pressure that was on him, especially when Messi left, um, 
I, I would give him a bit more time. I would certainly give him a bit more time uh, to, to develop. Maybe Xavi could get the best out of him as well. Um, and he's still very young, man. He's still very, very raw. And the talent, the potential is there. That's what scares the age and the potential. And you want to give that away for what? Yeah, that I, I feel the same way. I mean, again, you have to remind yourself he's 20. <laughs> he's 20. It just feels that he's older because he's been in our lives for so long, right? He, yeah. he burst out to the scene basically at 17, 18, this type of thing. I mean, think about your life when you were at 20 years old. Could you think about... You know, I just think about my career, how many times I've changed jobs and careers. I'm 45, like five times at least, you know, <laughs> and to have this pressure, you know, that everyone wants for you. And like you said, I I really hope that it is something more psychological. That's something that, you know, maybe like motivation, just seeing goals come in, just turns that switch. But again, I also think there's something to this that he needs to find the counter to the counter now. Right. He needs to mm -hmm. find something else. And maybe there's also something too that his partnership with, let's say, Lewandowski, the movement there, it's just not, it's not there, right? And maybe it's because lack of games, this type of idea. But I, I just think you have enough track record of Ansu's goal scoring ability that you can't just throw that away because that's going to go to my next question. I mean, you think about Ansu's scoring ability before and Fran Torres, right? To me, yeah, exactly. So I was at the match a couple of weeks ago. And Ferran Torres is a physical specimen. Like, he's definitely a, a big guy, moves around, moves around the box, has good dribbling techniques. But again, at what point do you need goals? You know what I'm saying? Like, at what point do you stop waiting and you're just like, you cut your losses? Because he's definitely up for a player in the summertime. And especially like in the Classico where, you know, we are desperate in need of some wing play and some goals. And you know, we're, we're just talked about, like, do you sacrifice the wing play of Ferran to bring in a midfield? Because Ferran is just not bringing anything in a goal scoring capacity. Yeah, he's he was one of those guys. I was very excited when, you know, when he came in from from City. I was like, all right, nice. You know, he wasn't starting for City, wasn't getting too many games, going to come to Barcelona. He'll, you know, he'll light it up. And then with, with Rafinha and Lewandowski, and it's very exciting. And I don't know what's going on with him, man. I, I don't, I don't know if it's just a lack of confidence. I don't know if it's just the ability because like you said he's, he works hard right he has the movement and everything it's just a lack of goals and it's a killer and this stretch the final stretch of the season so to speak right we're, we're pretty much there now uh middle of march not only just the madrid match but after that because if for whatever reason let's say barcelona knock on wood don't get the three points or don't win against madrid and then the gap is down to six then you absolutely need the goals and I know we spoke about Lewandowski earlier, but you can't just count on Lewandowski. You need yeah. That, you know, as they say in, in hockey, you need that secondary scoring, right? You can't just rely on, on your main guy. And he's up there. Fati is not getting them right now, but Torres is, is a whole other issue. Because him, it's not injuries. Yeah, and again, I don't want to make it seem so harsh about it, but to me, he just doesn't have the nasty goal-scoring streak that I want in him. You know, I yeah. feel like he's like a nice guy you know and sometimes you know i don't know what, you, what are your feelings on that on my perception yeah. of that cena no it, he's not it's almost as if he i'm not saying he's not hungry for goals right but sometimes you watch him play and like are, is he really hungry for a goal is he just like a, <laughs> a i don't know were you watching when cuenca was there and, and teo and all that stuff it's like is he just another one of them and no just yeah by, by any means you know but is it like, okay, well, we didn't really expect Cuenca or Teo to get goals. Should we expect Ferran Torres to get goals? You know, yes. Was, was Pep right all along? I don't, I don't know. <laughs> well, 
Well, I mean, this is this is the thing, right? With with the wing play, you know, I would say maybe you know, obviously, the more important stat is assist, right? Because you're trying to put that yeah. circle number nine. Okay, great. He doesn't have that. Been, yeah, exactly. And that's that's. I mean, it's just I don't know. I it's, when I when I think of forwards, I need goals. You know, it can't just, it. just be from the number nine. You know. And, I was I was looking before we went on air just to get an idea specifically about Torres in terms of you know how many matches he played. He has zero assists in La Liga, and I was looking. And in the past, I think it was like four matches, he's essentially played ninety minutes in, in four of them, and one of them he was substituted out in the last match. So he played like seventy minutes in the last match, and then if I'm not mistaken, ninety minutes in the three prior to that. And I cannot recall a single thing where I was like, oh wow, that, that was impressive. I can't remember anything. And also Forget the goals, not even the assists. Yeah, yeah, but also like the patience to stay with a player that's not giving you those, yeah. those numbers. You know, that's the thing. You know, we, this is Barcelona. This is a Sunderland where you can just, <laughs> you can just <laughs> play a, play a player for sixty games and just hope he turns the corner on game seventy. You know, like no. there's a reason why that he was on this team, and people were excited. Like you, like you said, you were. The other thing too is you know when I was watching him play, he does all the fundamental things that you need in a Barca winger to do. But again, I don't know if on film, because I, you know, obviously from the coaches film and so forth that Xavi just values that that much more and says the difference between him and another player not having that defense is greater. I mean, I don't know, but at the same time, I don't know. We, I feel like you have to turn every stone, try different matchup, try different things because we're so limited right now on goal scoring. I mean, we're barely getting these one goals. <laughs> <laughs> which, is, which is which is crazy to think or crazy to say but it's true it's absolutely yeah. true and it happens look it happens to <clears throat> to every team where the goals from their number nine dries up right yeah. it's happened to us in the past Suarez went on a big dip but then Messi would get the goals or whoever would get the goals right so that's fine but for us when your three players up front are not scoring yeah something like, Okay, you're yeah. not going to expect uh, De Young to get a goal every match either, right? Yeah. <laughs> you, need, you need that goal. It's, um... I mean, we. I mean, obviously, Rafinha has been stepping up for sure. I mean, he's for sure, yeah. He's, he's, yeah. He's goal. But also, like, that's like a nice to have. You know, that's like that's, that should be you know, a bonus. That's exactly. You know, he's not the 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 pork tenderloin, if you want to say. Like, he's he's, he's the nice the nice truffle on the side. You know, like that's. <laughs> what... <laughs> I can't believe we said that, but yes, it's true. <laughs> A very expensive trouble. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so finishing up, I just have a couple questions. How is Busquets still the minutes leader of this team? Man, I, I would. <laughs> so because I only say this because news is coming out that he may stay for another year, and I just I'm 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 a wit's end with this because again, I you have to separate the couple assists that he has here to the times that he played against elite level. And that's what we're trying to get at, right? We're trying to get it to the Champions League and fight for trophies and stuff. And like against Cadiz and lower tier teams, he's always going to be fine. But to me, I just, I, I'm baffled by this stat. I mean, the good thing, and I'm going to finish off with this is, at least we're seeing a dip in with Jordi Alba, but with Busquets, I still can't believe. You know, the other thing too, Roy, is that the Spanish national team list came out and he wasn't on it. Thank God. I was about to, <laughs> when I was like, look at the list. I was like, <laughs> they're they're rebuilding. They're rebuilding. Yeah, we can we can now count on them on not calling Busquets. Oh my gosh! I was when I saw the list, I was like, please no Busquets, please no. Okay, thank God, we're actually moving off the 2010 World Cup team finally. Wow. Okay. 13 years <laughs> later. Yeah. Yeah. Um, exactly. 
It's look, it's it's a testament to Busquets to, to his to his ability uh, to continue playing at at the highest level, right? But someone like Busquets at this age, he's not, and I don't mean this as a knock on Busquets by any stretch of the imagination, but he's not some sort of, and I, I say this in a good way, but like a freak of nature like Modric, who's like 90 years old and somehow still playing 90 minutes every single game and, and performing at the absolute highest level. Busquets is, what, 34 now? It's normal that he's slowed down, that he's maybe not able to play at the absolute peak as he once was, which is normal, but... How is he leading this team? I have no clue. That, that that's all. <laughs> that I don't know, man. It's not. Uh... But you know, you know <laughs> this topic. You know, system, right? Yeah, but you know this topic in the NBA with load management, right? And this is the yeah. thing that I don't understand with like sports science and football. Now it's like with Busquets. If we want to preserve Busquets, okay, I'm let's let's preserve Busquets. But like bring him in the last 30 minutes of a match, the last 25 to close. That's where he's going to be more effective as opposed to the long 80 minutes. You know what I'm saying? Uh, you know, especially with Kessie stepping up, I would love to see Kessie get more minutes and then have Busquets close those matches out. I feel like that would be the best way you're going to get the best of Busquets to close out these important matches. Not the other way around. Having him play a lot of minutes and then by minute 75, when I saw him in person, Man, he lumbers, man. He lumbers, yeah. lumbers, lumbers, lumbers. You could just tell, like, in his face, he's like, oh, my God, I got to run after this guy. <laughs> and, but it's true. And to add to what you were just saying, I mean, put it this way. If you're in the lead, okay, you have Kessier that's starting, okay, you're winning, whatever. You want to help preserve that lead, someone to help shield the ball, read the play, you'll bring Busquets in. That's yeah. great. That's absolutely great. But if you're already trailing, okay, and you know you're going to get countered, but at the same time you need a goal. Are you going to play Kessier? Yeah, Are you yeah. going to do that? You know what I mean? So at this point, yeah, it is better to just start Kessier, uh, at least in, in certain matches. I'm not saying sure, sure. minutes in every game, but start him, rest Busquets, and then bring him on to help control the midfield, calm things down, play those passes. Because he does know how to shield the ball. He is very intelligent at reading the game. It's just that his legs aren't there. Yeah. Right. So if you need a goal, you're trailing, you need a goal, but you need someone to help control the midfield. You bring Busquets in. How much running is actually going to do? Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, it's, it's, it's quite puzzling because, you know, for all the good things that Xavi has done with the team since the World Cup, mm -hmm. it's still these like little things that baffle me where he's still not seeing the, the overall picture of the, of preserving Busquets and trying to use him at the best times possible for these important matches, you know, because I just, again, I know he has confidence because he played with him. I get that. But at the same time, like, how are you not watching the film and seeing yeah. <laughs> him it, trail all the time, you know? Yeah, that, that must not be easy as well, right, for Charlie yeah. having a friend, like, uh, I'm guessing a, a very good friend. A very good friend, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you know, not just someone that he played a season with. Uh, but at the same time, I feel like this is something that, I don't want to say only happens to us, but for whatever reason, it tends to happen to us. We never really know when to let go of Correct. top Correct. players. And then when we let go of them, we give them the worst ceremonies ever. So or it's, in it's, some it's, cases, not even <laughs> none. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? So it's, but it's true. It's true. I mean, we, it's like we never know. Or if, or when we do let them go, we let them go to like the worst team, like Suarez. You yeah, really yeah, yeah. Suarez yeah. go to Atletico Madrid. Atletico Madrid. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah at yeah. the time. This is where they need someone with like money ball type of, you know, type of thing where they say, okay, we're only doing this type of years because this is going to go to my last topic before we end our conversation. And it's just the Jordi Alba thing. I mean, obviously we've seen the research of the surgeons of, of Balde, which has been absolutely fantastic. I have to tell you watching him in person, 
was amazing. Like he definitely um, translates from the TV. He is something special. He's going to be, I mean, he's locked down now, right? I mean, that is crazy that we were able to just find a great left back just like that. But the other thing too, you know, Jordi Alba is going to be making 30 mil next year. And, (laughs) and spot starting. So, I mean, I don't know what's going to happen with that, but you know, what are your feelings? I want to get your first feelings about Balde. Let's let's talk positively here. What are your what are your thoughts about Balde going forward as the left back of the future? Man, he's gonna be the he's gonna be. I mean, we're gonna talk about Alba in just a second, but he's gonna be our Alba the same way Alba was for what ten years, better. technically in a way, better for sure. Better. <laughs> Plays defense. So <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know, Alba, Alba was was fundamental to the system, to the way Spain yes. played, yes. the way we played at the time. Sure. Now it's slightly different. Some different players. But yeah, you know, defensively, he's still young as well. So we're going to get some mileage out of him, right? We're going to get some mileage. And it's not like we have to spend 50 million or 100 million these days to, to get a, a semi decent defender left back. Think about, think about this really quick. He puts on like three kilograms of muscle in his arms. Yeah, exactly. And it's going to happen because he's going to grow. You know, I'm not saying like he's got to bulk out like. <laughs> Uh, Troy or whatever. I'm not saying like that. I'm just saying when he starts to grow into his body even more, like he's just going to, yeah. he's just going to be more physical. And that, that, that really excites me because not only is he, uh, his attacking just remarkable with his one V one. I mean, the passing that he does like Alba is that's fine, whatever, but the nose that he wants to play defense, I think that's mm-hmm. where it separates from Alba. That's that's what helps, and that's what that's what helps our front line as well. Because then you're not asking a Ferran Torres or a Rafinha, whoever's going to play on the left, Atufati. Okay, well, you guys got to track back every single time now, right? Because Jordi Alba's up front, you know, so there's not going to be that gap because he and it genuinely looks like he likes to track back. He likes to defend. Sorry, you know what I mean. You get the impression this is someone that wants to defend, not just contribute an attack, and he has that. He knows how to play that killer pass up front. He knows how to play the 1v1, like you said. But defensively as well, he knows how to put in a tackle. He's pretty smart. He's still very young. He's 19, yeah, yeah. I think. Yeah. 18, 19. Um, so it's exciting, man. It's, it's, he's someone, honestly speaking, that is going to be very, very fun to watch for the next, I don't want to say the next decade and jinx it, but at least the next five years. I think that's safe to say. 19. 19, there you go. Jesus so. Christ. <laughs> Yeah, I mean him and Araujo in the back, and Kunde and Kunde. I mean, Kunde, that's yeah, Kunde, yeah. Oh my God, Kunde too in person. Favorite is, French player at the World Cup. Yeah, 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 Kunde is awesome in person. The only thing is, obviously, he's been under attack a lot from Kulays just because of the lack of, um, I would say, like concentration of passing. Yeah. But I think a lot has to do with just the. I mean, he hasn't he hasn't missed a match since November you know, plus World yeah. Cup, you know, yeah. so yeah. there is something to that. That and Plus, he's not playing out of position. I mean, what, what else do people want, you know? Yeah. Uh, everyone always just makes it seem, you know, that you could just plug a player from center back and just move him right back. Like, I don't – like, it's, it's FIFA, you know? Yeah, no, I know. I know. And it's, <laughs> maybe as fans, especially us, uh, because we were spoiled, I guess, 10 Mascherano. years ago now. It's crazy to say. <laughs> but someone – yeah, someone like a Mascherano, right? It's not everybody that could play defensive midfielder. You put him in, in, yeah. in the back. Or it's not everybody that can play center back and put them right back or left back to center back. It, it is tough. It's the positioning, the awareness, the, okay, it's more to my right instead of more to my left. This guy's here. I'm accustomed to playing, I don't know, alongside Araujo, so he's going to be to my left or he's going to be to my right, so I know who to look for. It's very different. 
Yeah, yeah. very, very different. And you're playing at the the elite, the absolute elite level of world football. So correct. It's tough. It's not easy. Well, we're definitely excited for Baldes. I get 19. Jesus Christ, I just can't. Yeah, he's half uh, Jordi Alba's age. Yeah, yeah. What was I doing at 19? <laughs> I was, yeah. <laughs> uh, really quick, just to, to end your prediction for this. Are we going to see a Barca-typical match that we've been seeing since the World Cup where it's scrapping and clawing our way, defending like hell, and maybe just scrap a goal and, and getting those three points? I say we get the win. Oh, I, I say we get the win. I say the team shows up. They know what's on the line. Um, and look, don't get me wrong, for Madrid as well, they know if they win this, they're absolutely back in the title race, right? So they're going to be pushing for this. But I think Lewandowski gets a little break, whether it's a penalty or a weird deflected goal or, or something. I think he gets his goal. That inspires the team. And I think we get the three points out of this one. All right. I will I will go on a let ledge on this i'm gonna say barca three madrid zero and i think we get a two goal performance from lewandowski i, I was think gonna say i want to manifest this you know for for lewandowski there there you go because at worst case we win we get three points one nothing was ugly i was expecting that but let's let's try to turn it around a little bit i think I honestly think for whatever reason, we just match up really well against this Madrid team for whatever Mm -hmm. it is. You know, Uh, we saw with basically the ER starting 11 that we had the last (laughs) match with the Copa del Rey. Right. (laughs) The own goal as well. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. We were still able to hold our own. And there is something crazy sometimes, you know, as I as I was talking with my friend, like world football right now doesn't have a dominant team. Which is crazy because yeah. I can't remember this in my whole football lifetime. You know, I'm trying to think back. Like, I can't remember a time like when you look at Champions League and leagues, they just don't equate. Don't you know, up. like you know, and it's just like okay, Man City, sure, you could say Man City, but they still haven't won the Champions League right now. And then no. also maybe you could say Bayern, and then it's like uh, I don't know. They could, you know, and they're going to face each other now in the Champions League. Yeah, so. yeah, it's it's different for the past year or two. It's uh, the shift. There's been a big shift in world football. I think. Yeah, yeah. And uh, it's becoming increasingly more obvious in the Champions League. I spoke about this you know, with my friend at the start of the season. I was talking about, about this actually just a couple of days ago, too. I said, you know what? There's no favorite for the Champions League. I'm like, my favorite for the Champions League is Madrid because it's Madrid in the Champions League. Yeah. Not because they're great, but it's Madrid in the Champions League. It's, it's that. Um, and to quote Thierry Henry, every team in Europe fears Madrid, and Madrid fears Barcelona. So yeah, <laughs> that's great. And then you have to do your like Henri like smirk when he does the joke. You know how you like he like. No, I can't do that. Way. I tried doing that little meme. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He loves he loves laughing yeah. at his own jokes. I love it. Yeah. I love it. All right. Well, thanks for joining me, Roy. As always, I always enjoy our football conversations. Where where can our listeners find your content online? Yes. Well, number one, thank you for having me, Gabrielle. And uh, yeah, I'm at uh, at Twitter at Roy Nemer, so N E M E R uh, at Moon and sorry at Mundalbi Celeste and MundalbiCeleste.com and YouTube.com. Oh, yeah, yeah. We were dipping a, a toe in the, in the oh. YouTube pool. It's been a while, but uh, so some content, some Argentina stuff, obviously. You're you're only missing a TikTok channel. Like, that's the Dude, last that's frontier. Our, that's so TikTok's <laughs> a whole other thing. We'll talk about this off. <laughs> all right we'll we'll see if our predictions come true and yeah thanks for joining me and we'll talk soon 
Social Podcast Network. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.